Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. In national news, Hurricane Hillary has done a number on the state of California. The deluge of rain from the storm has caused flooding from the coast of Southern California to the desert city of Palm Springs and even further inland to the mountains. Rivers are rampaging down the mountains and causing floods and mudslides. One drowning has been reported in Ensenada as a result. This is the first major storm to hit the state of California in 84 years. The House Freedom Caucus is throwing some sand into the gears of government spending. The Freedom Caucus is making demands when it comes to the 12 appropriation bills that will be considered in September after the congressional break. The bills getting passage is what will prevent a government shutdown. Now the Freedom Caucus is telling Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy that they want more spending cuts and the inclusion of conservative priorities. The Freedom Caucus says they will not vote for any funding bill that does not include the House's Secure the Border Act of 2023 to deal with the open borders between U.S. and Mexico. They also are demanding that Republicans in the House deal with the unprecedented weaponization of the U.S. Justice Department and FBI. And their third demand has to do with removing the woke policies that have been developed within the Pentagon that they say undermines the military's core mission of readiness. The caucus says they will not vote for a continuing resolution or a stopgap measure for funding the government in this showdown on spending. Speaking of the House, Congressman Greg Stubbe of Florida gives an update on the articles of impeachment that he filed against Joe Biden. Stubbe spoke on The Charlie Kirk Show. So now at this point, my bill will be referred by the Speaker to the Judiciary Committee. It'll be in the hands of Chairman Jim Jordan to make that decision. Uh, I'm assuming that the Speaker is obviously going to be involved in that decision as well. Um, And then the Judiciary Committee would uh, complete and go through an actual impeachment inquiry where we would bring in uh, witnesses based on all the evidence that we have and go through the inquiry and then have a vote before it would go to the House floor. Now, politically, I've seen comments that Speaker McCarthy have made publicly that he's much more open to an inquiry. Uh, In the beginning of this Congress, obviously, it wasn't something that anybody was focused on. They wanted to focus on the investigations and see what evidence comes out of the investigations. And I support that. That's a reasonable conclusion instead of rushing in and making mockery of the impeachment process like the Democrats did the two times that they impeached President Trump. So I understand that. Let's do it the right way. Let's go through the process. But we now have the evidence. Uh, He's committed crimes. We have evidence of those crimes. And uh, it's time for an impeachment inquiry to start. It seems as though the speaker's much more open to it based on the comments that he's made. And now that I've filed these articles, other members are starting to get asked, hey, where are you on impeaching the president? And the articles that I've seen um, have been all supportive of starting the inquiry. A consent order was signed by a Fulton County Superior Court judge when it comes to the indictments and arrest of Donald Trump. This means that Trump will remain free on a $200,000 bond after he is officially booked in the Fulton County Courthouse in Georgia later this week, most likely Thursday. Judge Scott McAfee also ordered Trump to refrain from any direct or indirect threats of any nature related to the case, including posting things on social media. While Donald Trump will not take part in the Republican presidential primary debate this Wednesday, his son will be in the area and attending. Donald Trump Jr. and his fiancée Kimberly Guilfoyle will attend the Milwaukee-Wisconsin event and do media appearances before and after. Trump Jr. took to social media to express his excitement to visit with friends in Milwaukee and said he's confident that the Republican voters will reject the rhino establishment candidates and re-nominate his father in a landslide. 
A U.S. judge has blocked a state law in Georgia when it comes to hormone replacement therapy for those under the age of 18. The judge placed an injunction on the new law in anticipation of the plaintiffs establishing that the law's prohibition is unconstitutional. Georgia Attorney General Christopher Carr says he plans to immediately appeal the case in order to continue the protection and well-being of children. This appeal is supposed to head to the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta, considering that this same court just lifted an injunction on a similar prohibition out of Alabama against transgender surgeries for minors. It's not clear if the Georgia judge's decision will be rescinded or determined to be moot. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. The Georgia Collection is now residing on the Open Inc. website and available to researchers who are looking into election issues in that state. One of the documents that's worth reading right off the bat is the complaint that was filed by True the Vote to the Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger regarding the evidence found of ballot trafficking in the 2020 presidential election. True the Vote details the testimony of one man referred to as John Doe, who disclosed the massive operation going on in that state to harvest ballots and to use the outdoor ballot drop boxes to deliver them. This runs parallel to a story that was recently reported by the Gateway Pundit regarding Muskegon, Michigan. The Muskegon County clerk in that state determined that many of the voter registrations were being brought to her office by one person that were not correctly completed and thus invalid. This discovery then launched an investigation by authorities in Michigan who unveiled an extensive operation by GBI strategies to inflate the voter rolls, often with invalid voter registrations. What True the Vote revealed in the state of Georgia is the size and scope of the operation by organizations that were brought in ahead of the 2020 election, along with the many traffickers hired. This was also detailed out in the 2000 Mules documentary. There are over 1,000 documents related to the state of Georgia that can be found at open.inc. Simply go up to the right-hand corner of the main page and hit Documents, and you'll see Georgia Special Collection available to you. They're categorized according to lawsuits and agreements, correspondence and presentations, legislation and emergency rules, as well as all of the legal complaints filed in that state by True the Vote. Also happening this week, the Gateway Pundit is revealing more election problems in Georgia when it comes to the 2020 presidential election. This is apart from what True the Vote is revealing. The Gateway Pundit is reporting on a document that they obtained through the Freedom of Information Act showing that the FBI dropped an investigation into computer hacking of the election database in the state of Georgia. Kennesaw State University was originally running the election service for the state all the way up till 2017. That's when a hacking report was issued regarding the voter database for Georgia, which included staff passwords, access to software that runs the devices, and data on 6.7 million voters. When cybersecurity researchers Logan Lamb and Christopher Gray discovered the hack, they reported it to KSU and then were told to keep that breach quiet. In the months after that breach, the KSU IT staff went on to notice that there were intrusion attempts made by the Department of Homeland Security, at least 10 times. Brian Kemp, who was Secretary of State at the time, was then brought in to be made aware of the whole situation, as well as the FBI, neither of which did much to pursue the case further or to try and find out who was behind the hackings. KSU administration would then order the IT staff to delete all the election servers, even though a lawsuit 
had been filed to gain access to those servers prior to the destruction order. The plaintiffs in that lawsuit then asked the FBI to give them their copies, but were ultimately stonewalled for over two years. The Gateway Pundit is reporting that 2020 documents finally released on the case show that the FBI never investigated or did a forensic analysis of the servers. Kemp would later go on to bring in Dominion to replace KSU and their servers and essentially bring in a whole nother problem altogether. Once Dominion servers were in place in conducting elections in Georgia, then the FBI released their copy of the KSU servers to the plaintiffs. They brought in Logan Lamb to look at them again, and he found that many logs had been deleted and data altered, including evidence of DHS trying to intrude into the database. Lamb also noted that a hacker obtained full control of the server and all of its contents as far back as 2014 by simply exploiting a bug in the system. Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update.